to another live edition of the ONG Strike Zone. I'm Brian Fulford, joined by my Rattler brothers from another mother, Kelvin Rozier, Kofi Hemingway. Uh, Kelvin, Kofi, how you doing this evening? Doing good, man. How are you? Blessed, too blessed, too blessed to be stressed. Doing well. What's good? Awesome, baby. I'm doing wonderful. We got a W, so... I'm 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 back. I'm there. <laughs> Glory Amen. to God. All praise to him. All praise to <laughs> him. We got yes. <laughs> Fam, you got a W. Uh we're back on the winning side of things. Volleyball team got a sweep. I mean it's a beautiful weekend and yeah. uh for Rattler Nation or athletics. Uh man, it felt it felt good to just have a week and not hear any kind of foolishness, no noise. It was just a a quiet, good weekend. Let the student athletes, you know, be be the front and center piece of everything we're talking about. Uh, and, and we got some W's, and you know, and then now we got a bye week, and you know, bye weeks just mean craziness always happening. But we'll get into that coming up here on tonight's show, as the as the appropriate title says, we got three candidates or. Maybe four. We'll talk about that <laughs> alongside of all the other stuff that's happening on the field and on the court. Coming up in the second hour of the show, uh, we'll get into the SWAC roundup. And week two was uh, uh, just a bevy of beatdowns by some teams. And, uh, you know, uh, Captain, I mean, Coach Prime got a chance to talk on that. And we'll kind of talk about that. And uh, also, we'll have Coach Gokhan Yilmaz, our head coach for our volleyball program. He'll stop in to talk to us fresh off the win. Uh, the the Lady, Lady Rattlers have four games coming up over the course of uh, what, Thursday, Friday, over four days. Five days. Five days. Four, four games in five yeah. days. Yeah, so – um, you know, and they might be hitting their stride. So I was seeing an interview. So it's a good time. We've also got some news involving our uh, women's and men's basketball. We got some swack honors. Uh, so we got uh, plenty, 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 plenty to talk about. Uh, thanks for everybody for jumping in early and joining us. Shout out to Dr. Lori back in the chat room moderating. I, hey, I already seen she's not taking no foolishness. From none of y'all today, she served notice with the like first three, first three comments in the chat room just to let y'all know if you come with that foolishness, you're gonna get sniped, kicked right out the box. So, uh, all praise, shout outs to you, Doctor Lord. Good to have you back. Uh, hope you're feeling well. Hope everything's going well. Um, if you're following us, uh, if you haven't, if you're not. 
Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. You can also find us via the Jericho Broadcast Network's app, which you can download on the Google and Apple Play Store. Just go search my JBN or my BCSN. If you're watching us right now on YouTube, stop what you're doing. Hit the thumbs up button. We appreciate that. And then make sure that you have those notifications uh, for all of the shows, not only ours, but all of the shows that come on the Black College Sports Network. You'll get that notification. If you're watching us on Facebook at ONG Strike Zone, um, make sure to hit that thumbs up as well. Every now and then we post some comments. Uh, I know, you know, Kofi always drops some some great gems from his Facebook page, which we'll always put out there and and uh, just all kinds of different stories and links. So we're trying to find ways to keep everyone engaged and enthused. And as you see, you can always send an email to us, ongstrikezone at gmail.com. And then go follow the podcast, the Pod Zone, BCSN Pod Zone, is where all the shows can be heard. All right, guys, so let's start with, uh, with, the, with, the, with the game. FAMU, Albany State. Albany State comes in, of course, to defending SIC champs, um, a team that we haven't played in, in what, 29, 30 years. The last time we played them, we lost two in a row. Uh, it was great having uh, Dr. Uh, Darlene Moore come in, and and uh, we got a good feel for Albany State and everything from last week's show. So let's kind of start with best and worst from, uh, from uh, Saturday's game. I'll start with you, Kelvin. Uh, since I was sitting right next to you for most of it, what was best and worst from the weekend? I would say the best was, um, I give it a tie. Xavier Smith had a really good game. Uh, had a lot of yardage receiving, had quite a bit of yards rushing on some of those jet sweeps. Uh, looking like the All-American he is. Um, so it was good to see that because we really hadn't seen that. I mean, well, we saw some of it in uh, the Carolina game. But, you know, he hadn't dominated like he's capable of, and that was pretty dominant performance. And then uh, then also the, the kicking uh, game, particularly uh, uh, our field goal kicker. Uh, I think he's four for four on the year right now, yep. or five for five, but he's – He's been very accurate, and and um, he cre- he created separation um, Saturday because uh, the offense struggled inside the, the red zone to punch it in. So, uh, but you know, we it's good to know that we got an All American, and we can count on those three points uh, when when we fall short. Now, the worst for me would be the start of the game. Um, Albany State drove the ball straight down the field and scored on their first drive. And we were looking a lot like we looked defensively against Jackson State and much of uh, the North Carolina game. And then when they got their second um, drive, they they moved the ball pretty well, but we ended up um, keeping them out. So the defense did make adjustments and so forth. and actually, we'll get into later on when we talk about the game. The stats bear out that they didn't play poorly. But, you know, the standard is the standard, as Coach Smith always says. So we're looking for a more dominant performance as we um, get further into swag play. 
All right. Good deal. Kofi, how about you? Best and worst from uh, from the game? Like Kelvin, I would I would say Xavier Smith really uh, showed up and showed out. But I would also like to point to uh, DeAndre Francis for stepping up in the game. And uh, I think he rushed for over 80 yards. Um, and he did quite well. He showed his quickness, showed his explosion. Uh, really good stuff. And uh, I want to say, obviously, um, you know, like Kelvin, I want to say the special teams uh, player with our kicker was absolutely amazing. He's been super consistent, and I'm really happy um, that he showed up. And uh, he's a part of our football team because uh, we're going to need him. Uh, The worst part is... (laughs) I want to say, uh, I hate to go there, but I got to go there. You know, just Dr. Robinson doing that during uh, Rattler charge at the beginning of the game is just making me feel some kind of way. It's just like, can we find another way to do it? Like, can we get somebody else to do it? Maybe Carmen Cummins, Carmen Carmen Martin can come out there and, and, and do it. Maybe, can we have auditions for people to do it? Auditions. I think we need to do auditions for people to do the Rattler Charge because just giving it to the president just because he's the president is just, it's not good. He doesn't do it well, and it just takes the wind right out the sails. It's like we need something else. We need something else, more, my God. Really. He had more energy, though, Kofi. You got to admit, this time he had more energy, I think, than I've ever heard. You're still not giving him nothing for that, huh? Okay. Well said. Uh, okay, so I'll get to my best. My best for the weekend. Uh, right there, I'm, I'm right there along with you. I got kind of a 1A and 1B. 1A, uh, I'm, I'm going to go right there with DeAndre Francis. Uh, 18 carries, uh, 79 net yards, uh, one touchdown. It was good to see him come in. But overall, we ran the ball 40 times. That's what I really, really like seeing is that we ran the ball 40 times. And uh, Francis had 84 or 79 net. Xavier had 49 net. Uh, now, Jalen McLeod, who who actually started, uh, ran 37 yards and then got hurt. And so the fact that we responded because we started that game without Terrell Jennings and A.J. Davis. Uh, Coach Simmons uh, had said, I believe, during the – one of his press conference or media sessions that those two were dealing with some minor injuries in which they, you know, they held him out for precaution, which I think is good given the fact that we got a bye week So it really kind of gives them two weeks, but, but then when you had McLeod go down, it was kind of like, okay, who's going to carry the rock? Uh, Francis uh, uh, did come in, did a great job. I thought, and behind him was really only young guys, like young freshmen were behind him. Uh, I think uh, one of the guys, Dylan Hall, uh, didn't get any opportunities, but he's the most experienced guy, and that's like going. Now we start moving into fifth and sixth back in that uh, in that uh, running group in that running room. So, but just overall, 40, uh, 40 attempts, uh, one hundred and ninety yards gained, one sixty five net. That's uh, that was good to see uh, against a very good. Division, even though they're Division Two, a Division One level type defense. I really came. I was really impressed with the first line. They didn't have much depth 
really when you get into the second second unit, but I thought the first group was pretty good. And then sort of my 1B was just the weather. How about, you know, we were we talked here last week, right? And Vaughn kind of gave us a heads up that we might be dealing with some weather. I know on my drive to Tallahassee, somewhere on, I, I dealt with rain pretty much from like Gainesville all the way up. I hit a stretch by 10 where it was, where it was nothing but like sheets of rain. So, I mean, I had to drop from, you know, 70 down to like 50. And I mean, so, but then by the time kickoff, it, it cooled out, it stopped raining and you just got this beautiful evening. I mean, no, no humidity, um, just, uh, I don't even, was there a slight breeze? It was just so comfortable. I mean, I, we sat outside, I'll get to that in a second, but we ended up sitting outside for that contest. And I mean, it was just beautiful. Then you had a full moon by the time the second, third, uh, third quarter came around. I mean, man, that's just a beautiful night in Tallahassee for football to open up the season. Brings me to my worst. Worst. All right. So, you know, the new press box and the media uh, media room and, and, the, uh, and the new suites are all set up. And I tell you what, it's very impressive. Plenty of room for your dignitaries and, and all the all the people who need to be in suites and want to host and entertain and ball and parlay and do all that all that other stuff is great. We even covered, I mean, look, this press box was set up where everything is there. You had two press boxes for two radio stations. You got a TV broadcast. Yeah, there, there's a good view of it right there. Um, that upper level. You got some media folks in the middle. You got a production TV room. Um, hey, even the, the the campus patrol people up there in the upper left. You got suites down on that bottom level. Everybody except working press. Except for the working press. If you write, tough. Tough for you. If you're not one of the first six to seven people to squeeze into a tight seat, it's half the space. And I'm talking... The space for working media is if you look right there in that picture, right underneath the A&M, that one, two, three, four, five, six windows, that's all you get. <laughs> that's all you get, working media. And there's no back row. So if you look, that's why we ended up going and look at, I think we're in that picture there, Kelvin. If you look far to the left in that very top row, you see the little awning there with the, with the orange tint. And you look in the back row. I think that's your polo right there. That's you in the white, Kelvin. I think I'm right there to the left. That's where Kelvin and I sat. Beautiful seats, but it wasn't planned. You know, I feel, you know, we had to kind of mark it off because there is a small little section right there where you really can't see the left corner end zone. So I don't know. You know <laughs> look. Yeah, no, there really is. There really is a blind spot. It's like it's like one of those old baseball parks that has like a beam that's just right there in the middle. And they say, hey, uh, there's a certain spot where you're going to be sitting behind a beam and you just you can't avoid it. So anyway, I, I'll let Kelvin kind of talk for a second on that. But uh, overall, that was sort of my worst. And I'm nitpicking. Trust me, because for most of y'all you may never make it up there anyway to go ball and parlay in those suites. And you may not be working media, so you could care too less about our comfort, but that's just my own personal worst. Kelvin, I'll let you kind of talk about seeing that thing actually in its function. Uh, I'll, I'll turn it over to you and, get, and let your comments flow from that. The press box originally, the design that, that, that is, was ultimately delivered was not the original design 
uh, previous athletic administration, along with the uh, executive administration, uh, made a decision in which they wanted to entertain and possibly uh, be able to uh, get sponsors and 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 so forth. So they changed the uh, original design. The original design was more functional for people who actually work uh, on game day. So the spaces and so forth were more geared to them, you know, coaches bots and, and uh, the, the working media and radio and all that kind of stuff. And um, some of those things had to be readjusted uh, based on uh, the desires of, of the leadership at the time. So, um, the media room specifically for, you know, folks who do writing and stuff that got to cut the most. So like you say, you pointed at three windows, but really it's, it's, uh, the, the area that's just for the, the working media is, I think one window, maybe two. Uh, and, and, and you, you can only get seven people in there and that's squeezing it. And, that's um, there's, seven. there's an opportunity. A seven. Yes. That, ain't, that ain't a big seven. That's a, that's a small seven. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. There is an opportunity. There is an opportunity though, to put, uh, uh, maybe some, um, some kind of a riser or something like a one or two inch riser in the back so that you get and put chairs on the benches or chairs on it so that you can uh, accommodate probably double that. And, you know, that was mentioned to uh, folks to see that that was possible. And the other thing in terms of the, the, the press box and, and, and being, it being functional for the working folks is that uh, they, instead of those uh, chairs, they need actual bar stools. Uh, because of the height for the windows and everything, so that folks don't have to stand up to see the action. Uh, those chairs were too low, and um, that uh, that also has been passed on. Um, while we're while we're talking about uh, sort of the game day operations, uh, I think eighteen thousand eight sixty one. Now my number, my my final three digits. That's about right. I know it was just under nineteen thousand showed up uh i i'm 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 sort of surprised about the 18 861 honestly probably felt like more like 15 but i could be missing uh, a 3,000 people that might have been in the uh the north end zone uh that might have been in the press box or i should say the suites now so who knows i may i may be missing a thousand people somewhere uh so but anyway we'll we'll take the 18 8 61. I saw they had the concession stands open on one side on the way. I don't know what about the other side. So, uh, you know, and, and so that that's uh, any other operational things that you guys want to point out about what you saw. Home, look, first home game is always. Yeah, you, you can speak to that. I don't, I don't know why it has to be that way. Yeah, it's a dry run. I don't know. I don't know why it has to be that way, but let's just say it is. And thankfully, there are four more. And they'll get better. I will say, anybody working media, memo to working media, you better get your credentials in early, and you better get there early, especially if you want to try to find a seat, or you better just find find a spot outside. Any, any either of you want to want to speak on the operations of the game day experience? Any thoughts? 
Well, the the concession stands on the east side, the main one that the softball team, they need to be equipped to be able to take cards. Um, everything was just cash, uh, which made life kind of difficult for a lot of people. But on the flip side, the softball team was very innovative and they actually began running drinks and food um, up to the stands, which I thought was a good idea. Um, cause we need runners in the stands. Uh, a lot of people don't want to leave their seat and definitely don't want to stand in the line. If you have a runner that makes life a whole lot easier. Um, some people hadn't been to Bragg stadium with the, with the, uh, with the new renovations in particular, the walkway at the very top row, the standing room only section, as well as the other walkway at the bottom. Uh, both of those, uh, really do help the stadium to be a whole lot more, uh, functional. And um, I'm happy with the 18,000, considering that it was raining. Um, would have loved to have seen more, but I understand, uh, you know, definitely with that. Um, so really with the, with the, um, with the turf, um, Mr. Rozier, how often do they do maintenance on it, uh, the company that installed it? Because it's looking a little bit warm. You noticed that so too, Kobe, gonna, huh? Okay. So I was going to talk about some of the operational things. And since you brought the turf up, uh, I, I started there first. Um, typically, you, you'll call the company. You know, it, it's not like a scheduled thing. Uh, you have to call them and ask them to come and perform a service, a maintenance service. And um, I believe resources might have been limited and the decision was tried to get through this game and then maybe get them to to, to, to come out uh so hopefully that'll happen moving forward um also i think there was some issues with uh the uh equipment that that the university did does have to maintain and and, and brush uh for we didn't have any staff to be frank um for probably the last four or five months and then um when someone did come on to provide some kind of leadership there uh, and they were playing catch up by then and um i, I think some attempts were made i don't i'm not sure if they found all the equipment yet but uh some 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 of the uh there were some efforts made but uh they definitely need to uh call the company in and to do a full-blown service and that didn't include things like checking the seams and making sure things are glued down and need to be glued down to drop more rubber pallets on and then the, the, the evenly distributed and, you know, and that all of, all of these things are bring back the color and, and, and cause what, what you see all the black, the, the black pellets you see are rubber pellets that are part of the surface and, you know, between rain and usage and so forth, you know, you have to do certain things in order to redistribute that stuff. So, so um that that that's been passed along it's it's on their list so hopefully um that'll be done as well as uh the scoreboard on the south end zone um and by the field house that's the one you're talking about the field house right yes i mean no yeah that's the south end zone so uh they 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 ended up not using it because they had an issue with synchronizing it with the uh large tv uh video board and um the 70 inch (laughs) 
But uh, so so uh, and there were some, I believe, some panels out at the bottom. So uh, they put those off and just used the video board. Um, I know that there'll be some more packaging and marketing materials around uh, the, the video board we have because that is a rental and that's what we have for the rest of the season. So, but I think it'll look different and the packaging will look good at least around it, I think. Um, and Man, we are sounding like. <laughs> and the South is hey, only part should be should be better. Bruh. But uh, let's be clear. Hold on. Let's be clear that the the field is not unsafe. I mean, the field, you know, is still playable. Still, it's just an aesthetic look. You know, it's 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 one of those things that we we need to sort of brush it. Uh, you know, kind of kind of maintain it. You know, it's 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 like those of you who still have hair. You know, you've got hair. If you don't comb your hair and you just keep going out the house, eventually it's gonna look bad. But, you know, if you take a brush, you put some grease in it, uh, uh, shampoo it every now and then. If you take care of your hair then you, you and you brush it and you, you'll look good. Right now, we're in that stage where we're just playing on it and playing on it. And, you know, we need to, you know, we, we need to, we need some maintenance. We just need some TLC. The field just needs some TLC. I, I, that's a good way. Of, and I know we're being nice. Yes, we're being nice. But. That, that's about the, 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 the truth of it, right? It needs some TLC. Yeah. So, yeah. so hopefully, hopefully that'll, yes, that's so hopefully that'll happen in between. That's a good reason <laughs> to have a bye week. We had a home game, got a bye week, we got a home game coming up. Last thing I want to mention, obviously we were there. I'm curious, did you end up going back and watching the broadcast from HBCU Go TV? Kelvin, I know you said you were going to record it. Kofi, any, any reviews that you heard from the broadcast? I mean, it was a broadcast. You know what I'm saying? It's 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 uh, it's a broadcast. It was just family in Albany State. Um, okay. You know, it wasn't bad. Okay. Um, Charlie okay. Neal. I, I mean, it, it was it wasn't. Mm-hmm. He's one of the best. He's iconic in uh, HBCU circles when it comes to announcing games. His voice is kind of like a Howard Cosell or a. Um, one of your more seasoned announcers knows what he's doing. He always does a good job. Um, so it was good. It was solid, you know. Okay. And yeah. uh, I had read hey, something hey, so about I watched it. Okay. I had heard some yeah. things about some history facts that weren't correct. You know, you know how we get about our incorrect history and, and stuff. So I uh, heard, heard a couple, somebody saying some FAMU instead of FAMU again. I just, those are little comments it wasn't that I. I'm sure it wasn't Charlie Neal. Right. And it better not have been Greg Coleman, obviously, because he's doing the sideline. Uh, so it wasn't him either. The other, yeah. Uh, I don't know who the, uh, you know. So anyway, the reviews have been pretty, pretty positive. Still waiting to see where, uh, what the ratings look like overall. Shout out to everybody who was watching. I know we had a lot of people, uh, you know, just kind of uh, respond to a tweet that I sent out in terms of where folks were watching the game from so i mean it, it's good they're all the way across the state of florida i saw uh and then in other areas across the south so um that was big that was big so that's why it's important to see what the ratings from that uh contest looks like uh let's get ready to take our first break when we come back 
We're going to get into talking about what's going on with the AD search because the search committee for the vice president of athletics has closed their books. They have done their job, but not so fast. There's a new candidate in the mix, allegedly, supposedly. We're going to talk about that and more. Get your prayer, get your prayers right, Kofi. Uh, on the other side of the break, you're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Let's get back to strolling instead of scrolling. Before we can safely come together, we need the facts on COVID-19 vaccines. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision for yourself and for your fam. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is Always Ultra Thin's reinvented with the Always Triple Protection System. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster, absorbs even more so you can feel dry, and locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. This is the Dean of the College of HBCU Sports, Kenyatta Cavill of Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Come mix it up in the lab where the course lecture is in session every Tuesday from 6 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time on Facebook Live, YouTube, Spreaker, or the BCSN app as we discuss all things about the HBCU sports culture, including exploring the week that was in the sporting HBCU dashboard as well as the upcoming week of HBCU Sports. With me, the Dean, the College of HBCU Sports, on Dr. Cavill's Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Watson and Charles Bishop. Course lecture dismissed. It's been difficult because I hadn't been able to see my grandchildren. An expression on someone's face when you do something nice for them. I miss all my friends in school. Visit GetVaccineAnswers.org so you can make an informed decision about COVID-19 vaccine. Smoky Salmon Rub infuses smoked black pepper with dehydrated maple syrup, pink Himalayan salt, ginger, thyme, mustard, and more to make a sweet, savory rub. Perfect for salmon, trout, and other delicate seafood. The Cuvée Group is a Florida-based marketing and training consulting firm. We help businesses communicate to their target audience and engage them in conversation. We also help to expand their audiences, which will ultimately result in growth for those organizations. In addition to being a certified constant contact specialist, my colleagues and I are also certified in John Maxwell Leadership Principles. We use these proven principles to conduct workshops, training, and private coaching sessions for individuals and companies looking to take things to the next level. Contact us to schedule a free consultation. Issues today, don't delay. Call Cuvée.
You're at the football, boy. Social media uh, post game stuff, man. I, I'm tell you what, it's it's uh, I I between hours, and you'll see more of it. Uh, it's coming out of some of uh, the other breaks. Uh, I I saw another school in the SWAT um, post something that was pretty dope. Um, but I'm I'm telling you, they got they got some catch up work uh, with us. So uh, shout out to uh, the social media team. Um, I, I believe led by uh, Josh Padilla. Um, you know, I want to give them a shout out uh, He's off for, for what they're doing yeah they, they're doing some great work i gotta make sure I gotta, we gotta make sure to get either get josh on the show you know josh is really, you know he, he he's not a he's not a in front of the camera kind of person so you know but i, I want to make sure we do properly give his team some credit uh because they have they have stayed on the grind through all of the stuff that group has stayed on the grind continuing to work on behalf of uh the student athletes and our program. Okay, so here we go. Uh, Monday, we uh, Monday afternoon, uh, we sent out a tweet after watching the Zoom session with our uh, executive search committee, uh, headed by Dr. Uh, Friday Stroud, come to the decision of finalizing three candidates. Now, uh, I believe in this session, they were referencing six candidates and through a process of yays and nays. And, and, you know, it was kind of, kind of interesting. This voting process took a little heat uh, from some people (laughs) through some sites. I didn't think it was, I I did question why there was no, look, I'll say this. Anybody who watched it, all right, and it's public. So if you watch it, you watch it. Good luck finding a replay of it because they're not putting a replay out there. Uh, so far, uh, my requests and others for um, access to some of the Zoom information uh, the, the has not been met yet. So, uh, but so, so we've sort of had to do our own uh, analysis and investigation. But... A lot of people are questioning why there wasn't a formal yay and nay for each candidate. I mean, there's only six, and yes, there are 18 people on this committee. Now, I don't know about y'all. Did you feel like all 18 people were present? Because we really can't tell whether – I don't know if you can really tell that there were all 18 present. Could you via the course of the Zoom? I I don't know. You tell me. Yes, no, maybe. Okay. Okay. I, I personally don't care. We we've been talking about the darn eighteen, and for forever ever since they've 
since they've uh, since their inception. And um, now that we've come to the end of that rainbow, I'm ready for us to get an AD. So it, it's, it's time for, I want to see the choice. And uh, we can go on to the next part of this conversation. I'm sick of the 18. Okay, well, the 18 closed Except their books. Except for Coach Shoot. Uh, I like Coach Shoot. <laughs> uh, the 18 closed their books. And uh, through the process of voting, they chose selected candidates three, six, and 31. And so uh, by by proxy of, you know, previous interviews, it was, uh, it, it is believed uh, by strongly believed, although again, this is not official confirmation by the school because they aren't, they aren't officially confirming this, but, uh, and uh, let's see, candidate three, uh, believe is, Miss Angela Suggs, candidate six, Craig Angelo, and candidate 31, Tiffany Dawn Sykes. Uh, so that is where we left off on Monday night. Then, do, do I even want to go to the next part yet, or do we want to start there? Do we want to start the conversation there? Because I think the bigger conversation or the interesting conversation is, we have we look at our candidates now. The candidates according to the committee, two women, a white male. Um, and it's something that, you know, I don't, you know, look, we, we're just gonna talk about it and mention it because we've seen what this culture and environment has done to different, not the norm. Okay. Um, it has sometimes been worried about the wrong things instead of focused on what it needs to be focused on. So I'll just put it out there as we talked about in the back room with our three candidates, who they are, all different uh, uh, expertises and have their strengths, maybe weaknesses, maybe, you know, however you want to look at them. Is FAMU ready potentially for one of these three individuals to lead the athletic department? I'll start with you, Kofi. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just ready for the whole process to be over. Uh, and and that's basically it. Um, I've heard it said uh, often that, you know, the culture this and the culture that. Well, let me tell you something about the culture. This culture is toxic and it needs to shift. It needs to change. We need to get somebody, you know, who understands what needs to be done. And that's basically the bottom line. And not only knows what needs to be done, has the skill set to get it done. Um, throughout the interviews, whenever they would talk with the coaches, um, the coaches would cry out resources. We need resources. We need resources. And if you've listened to our show, you've heard various coaches and athletes talk about having to do their own field maintenance on a regular basis, you know, when they could be watching film or coaching, you know, just looking at, you know, the, the various things across the yard, you know, looking at the track and how it's not in a position right now to necessarily generate a whole ton of revenue. We don't even have really a concession stand in the track area. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We really don't have a bona fide, concession stand for softball 
We don't have a bona fide concession stand for baseball. It's not division one level, you know, but we expect our teams to get out there and win championships, you know? So in order to get our facilities upgraded, it takes money. And so getting somebody with the skill set who understands how to access those resources, how to um, get the money, find creative ways to get money, raise money, et cetera, et cetera. That's who you need. You know, at this point, you know, uh, you know, people say, well, I don't want, look, Angelos is, is Hispanic. And me personally, if, uh, if he got the job, you know, we just need to get in line and, and, uh, and do what needs to <laughs> do what needs to be done. Um, if you have somebody, and here's what I would say, and I'm closing out, the right leader just takes care of itself. When you have the right people, the wrong stuff stops happening. When you hire the right people, the wrong stuff stops happening. And that's what we need to happen on the highest of seven hills. Kelvin, your thoughts. I think that all the candidates are qualified. Um, they, they, you know, they have some credentials, they have experience in, in athletics, uh, they have experience in leading organizations or in athletic department, dealing with boards, uh, and executive leaders and so forth. So from that standpoint, um, I'm okay with that, that three, um, they're qualified and that's what you want at the end of the day. They have some qualifications. So you can't, you know, you, I, you know, there's ways to nitpick, but I'm not a nitpicker. Uh, there's some qualifications there. However, some are more qualified than others. And I don't want to ignore that. Um, um, I, I believe that this is, this is going to be a time where we need somebody. Who's seasoned. Um, seasoned with compliance as well as facilities and, 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 and fundraising. I think those are some really big things. There is something to be said about trying to maneuver through um, the, you know, the, the culture, but that, that should have no bearing in my opinion on, on, on the next AD, get somebody who competent and qualified and let's get behind them. And let's fix everything that need to be fixed and take up family athletics to the next level. Um, so um I, I'm hopeful. I, I will go ahead and touch on this uh two two ladies and one non-African American male. Um honestly, man, it's probably about time for something like that. <laughs> We've been doing it with with, with African American males for a while now. And it, and we ain't no better off for it in a lot of ways, you know. Again, for me, it's about qualifications. If, if there's somebody with qualifications that was part of that, and it don't matter what color or ethnic background or, or sexual orientation, none of that. I'm looking for skill sets and someone who's going to take family athletics to the next level where we consistently can compete for championships year after year, you know, um, and going to have the resources in place to do that because we keep talking about more and more, and, and that's the bottom line. It don't matter who we get. If we don't get our athletic bu budget up to 12 to $15 million, then we're going to be uh, in the same place and, and looking for a candidate down the road 
next two or three years anyway. Yeah, that, that's a good point. And, and just want to clarify for some of you guys who are asking in the chat rooms, just so you 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 understand who the candidates are. Um, again, this is not anything that officially has been put out by the university, but as uh, anybody who's watched uh, this process as it's gone on, uh, the three candidates, uh, uh, Angela Suggs, who's the president and CEO of the Florida Sports Foundation, uh, Craig Angelo, who was uh, – recently the former senior associate AD at Temple University and also the actual athletic director at Florida Atlantic University. And then uh, Tiffany Dawn Sykes, the senior associate AD currently at Dartmouth University. Uh, So those are our three people. The one question that I keep going back to, and it's not about, yes, I put that out there, that, that question, because it's just one of those questions that I've heard being talked about. But the question that really needs to be asked, will FAMU allow either of these candidates to do and be their best? Will the culture, will the FAMU culture, the administrative, the environment that has got us into this muck and mess that we're in, allow these individuals to be at their best and allow them to be great? That is the question. All Again, three capable candidates. But will they be allowed to be their best? As you just said, Kelvin, will they be given the budget to do what they need? Will they be given the opportunity to call and make the decisions they need to make? That is really an overwhelming question that clouds all three or whomever else comes into the picks. I, I, you're praising an agreement, Kofi, but go ahead. I don't know. Go I'm ahead. raising my hand, you know. I see. Um, yeah, I'm raising my hand. You know, in a nutshell, <laughs> I don't, I don't all this get starts. Amen there, Kelvin. That's all right. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, amen. And all of this starts <laughs> at the top. <laughs> all of this starts at the top. The culture is distributed, or I want to say released, or sustained through the leadership. The leadership sets the narrative, not the people. This is this should not be a democracy, okay? If, if it was a democracy, we would have really a whole say in what happens. We don't. The culture is established and maintained by the leadership. Everybody that has failed lately, of late, has been under Dr. Robbins, you know? And it uh, it is what it is, you know? What this man or woman or whoever it is needs to have full authority to be able to do what they need to do while they are accountable to the president. Um, Dr. Robinson needs to give them the authority. Legal counsel um, should not have more authority than the athletic director on athletic decisions um, when it comes to doing what needs to be done. Um, There needs to be a thorough explanation in terms of what the hierarchy is or what the order is and how things are processed so that everybody's on the same page. And if we can find a more efficient way to get it done, let's get it done. It starts with the mindset. Of late, what I've seen from FAMU is a bunch of people that see the right thing to do, but they're not committed to doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. They allow ego. They allow relationships that have nothing to do with FAMU 
affect their decision making. Find a way to do the right thing. Is this the right thing to do? Is is raising money the right thing to do? Absolutely. Is 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 getting uh, additional resources to Coach Simmons the right thing to do? Absolutely. We don't know. I don't want to hear that. Find a way to do the right thing. This sounds like a good idea. Let's find a way to do it. There are too many smart people on the highs of seven hills for us to be this dysfunction. That has to stop. And that foolishness has to get out of the way. And I'm just sick and tired of quote unquote, um, I want to say ineptitude or just downright stupidity that just comes from people that quote unquote have doctorate degrees. <laughs> they got doctorate degrees. Desire for you to call them doctor. But here's the thing. People will call you what they see. And if you, <laughs> you might have a doctorate degree, but if you acting like, you know, uh, somebody that doesn't, you know, your authority is gone. You have to be careful, leaders. Have to be careful to make sure that you do the right thing. It is so essential that we have that. Now, hold on, wait, wait, we thought wait, we wait, 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 wait. Dr. Robinson is the freaking leader. He's the leader of the institution. When stuff goes wrong at the institution, they're not calling the cafeteria worker. They're calling Dr. Robinson. So Dr. Robinson has to make sure that the right people are in position. Dr. Robinson is the reason why athletics is in the state that it's in right now for his lethargic, complacent, uh, I want to say, attitude towards it. So, yeah, Dr. Robinson is getting the heat. Do I, you know, it, it's the heat. We get you, something happens at FAMU, it's national news. It happens at Georgia Southern even. It's not going to make national news like that. FAMU, absolutely. So Dr. Robinson has to step up to the plate. And the people that are around him, they need to be smarter. The people that are in his ear, the people that he allows in his circle, the quote-unquote paid people in communications, the quote-unquote paid people that sit desk and stand guard over the office, they need to be smarter. Stop making it, stop allowing him to make these dumb decisions. You need to step up. It's ridiculous. It's the same thing over and over again. Aristotle said, you are what you repeatedly do. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence is not an act. It's a habit. Ooh. We've got a habit. We've got a habit of being dysfunctional. We've got a habit of being messy. We've got a habit of being gossipy. We've got a habit of focusing on minor issues instead of major, we're majoring in minor issues. We got a habit of doing that. Everything that don't matter, we love to get in that. And we fail to hold people accountable. At this point, Dr. Robinson, he's on the hot seat. He was just before the Board of Governors, people. They were not happy. That's not a good look for him. At the end of the day, the, the buck starts and stops with him. They are holding him accountable. The Board of Trustees are holding him accountable. It's on us alumni. We need to stop pacifying this foolishness. He's getting paid 
five, almost $500,000 to run Florida Agriculture and Mechanical University and not run it in the ground. That's not fair. If he don't like athletics, if he can't do it, move the hell out the way. And let somebody that wants to do it, do it. Let somebody that has the skill set to do it, do it. Let somebody that cares about it, do it. Stop accepting this foolishness just because it's Dr. Robinson. Bump Dr. Robinson if he's not going to do a good job. The great Carter, the great Miles, General Miles, said if anybody brings harm to FAMU, anybody. 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 <laughs> may his arm lose his cunning and may his tongue cleave to the roof of his mouth. He need to cut. Look, step up or get out the way. That's that's just the bottom line. It's been too long. We've accepted it too long. It's time to move on. You know, we had, when was the last time we had an all sports championship, uh, Kelvin? When was the last time we won one? I don't know, man. Brian? It's been a long time. Brian, when's the I last time we had an all sports? I, I, somebody in the chat room, quickly look it up. Somebody they tell us because know. I can't remember. It's been the nineties. It's been the 90s. 98? 98? I'm just throwing the 90s out there. 98? Yeah. Um, so that is what the – okay, so the the sort of curveball, which has sort of come from this committee, we have two different sources citing additional finalists. Now, one of those sites, uh, one, of our, one of our favorite Rattler blogs uh, – and, and I, I, I can sit, I can try to tell you both of them, but they both got the same name. I don't know who's who anymore. But anyway, I'm just gonna say our our favorite Rattler block, or two of them. I don't know why one won't just change the name, but anyway, I'm not gonna get into all that. Um, one of them is reporting that Ulander Wells, who actually happened to be after the round of twelve, he was one of the two candidates that the executive board unanimously liked and approved to move on to the round of six. He later withdrew his candidacy uh, after or sometime around. He did an on-campus visit, but he decided to withdraw his name. Now, he is the deputy director of external affairs at Harvard University. He's had a change of heart, apparently, and maybe a finalist, maybe. Whatever. Yeah. Now, there's also there's also a potential uh, curve in that uh, sources from our other blog says that Detroit Mercy's current athletic director Robert C. Vows Jr. has been requested by Dr. Robinson uh, to to be a candidate in this now. Uh, Vows's name is interesting because he is someone who has, um, I'm just going to, you know, I I had a source uh, that that gave me some good information on Vows. Um, A great deal of experience uh, having worked not only at the Big Ten, uh, then uh, the SIAC, where uh, he helped the SIAC during a period when they were uh, 
uh, as it was described here, broke and dying. Uh, he helped them out of their situation or, or move forward. The SWAC, he was also the SWAC commissioner for a very short period of time, but he did land the original first major TV deal with ESPN, then with NBC. And no, this is not the SWAC deal that a lot of folks are out here running and complaining about. He was not a part of that. This was the original SWAC ESPN deal. Uh, so he has an experience as a commissioner with both conferences. Uh, he ended up leaving the SWAC to work with the NCAA. Uh, you know, he knows APR. Uh, he knows the business and has done a very good job, by all reports, as the AD at Detroit Mercy, which is a uh, private school. So w- when when we throw that extra name into the mix, it just don't be surprised about the name being somebody other than one of these three that the executive search committee. And, and Kelvin, I remember you saying at one point in time that you wouldn't be surprised if something to that effect happened, that regardless of who the search committee may come up with, there could be a wild card that ends up being plopped down on Robinson's desk. And he may say, I'm going to go with this person. So I have a lot of history, um, 17 and a half years um, in administrative positions. Uh, So, so I, I I have a good feel of, of how things go is, one of the main reasons why I didn't want a committee in the first place. Um, if you're going to make a decision and this is how it's going to end where you break your, your rules and policies and you go outside of that committee, then why, why, why pay the money for a search firm and, 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 and all that stuff, it, you know, it's foolishness is what it is. And, um, and it is, it's nothing to say about those two candidates. Uh, except for, I mean, if you don't quit on me before I hire you, why would I consider you to hire you again? I mean, I, I, I really don't get that. You know, you, you said you didn't want to be a part of the process. You was a part of the process. You know, you was a, a front runner in the process. And then, you know, you made a decision where, you know, this ain't what you want. So I, I believe you. This ain't what you want. And so, I, you know, I, I, I have an issue with someone trying to uh, change their mind, have a change of heart at this point. Um, Because, you know, when you put your name in the hat, you understand what this process is. But in terms of just the the committee process, man, this is what I expect. Anytime we have a committee, um, it's it's like the front person for whatever decision that's made. No, it's like the the, the, the wizard behind the curtain, right? Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. Unfortunately, it happens often, and and most of the time it doesn't work out well for the best interests of the university, and particularly the students, the supporters, and the and, and the uh, and the uh, faculty and staff of the, of the university. It only benefits the administration in that short term. Well said. Let's uh, let's step away and take a break. Get ready for the uh, second half of the show, get into talking a little bit of a swag roundup. Uh, I'm sure maybe if this conversation comes up anymore, but there's really not much more to say at this point. Um, you know, personally, I would not be surprised if a candidate is selected prior to uh, next Saturday's home game. I mean, it just kind of fits the open window to see something happen. 
so uh, we'll we'll see what direction Dr. Robinson decides to go. Um, that'll be coming up here, I would imagine, over the next week. But when we come back on the other side of the break, we'll get into talking about the SWAC roundup, talk about our volleyball team in action over the weekend with a sweep in North Carolina. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. Some carriers will give you just one measly entertainment subscription. One is no fun. With Verizon, there's up to seven entertainment subscriptions with your unlimited plan. That's seven times the... <laughs> seven times the... No, no. Seven times the... Yes. Music, gaming, Disney+, Plus, Hulu, ESPN+, Plus, and more. That's seven times the entertainment. Because everyone deserves better. And with plans starting at just $35, better costs less than you think. This is Ryan Holford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCU Pride Joy on Facebook and Twitter. I'm returning to Clinton, Paris, and Tampa's my community. I grew up here, went to school here, and my wife and I make our home here. What makes Tampa special are its people. So when I represent someone injured in my community, it's personal. Call my office and speak to a real lawyer and not some referral service. I will fight the insurance companies to get the settlement that you deserve. At the law office of Clinton, Paris, we take the pain out of being hurt. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. So we've got a good 
Mangos Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mangos Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. sure where that falls in general uh in terms of uh, fcs uh but uh, 11 wins is is still still a nice nice number uh so that was that big second quarter there where famu uh outscored uh, albany state 17 to nothing there in that second quarter so uh before we get into going into the uh week two uh roundup and looking ahead to week three um, I know we wanted to finish off the conversation just a second for a few minutes here. Uh, and, and so, Kofi, I want to give you an opportunity to kind of uh, finish up uh, on on uh, the uh, AD search and, and all the candidates and all that good stuff. Well, you know, um, the guy from Harvard, I'll, I'll just say that, uh, they let back into this, or re- I want to say allegedly, uh, let him back in, went out and asked him to come back. Um, for me, you know, anytime you quit or you take your own name out of the whole process, you didn't really want to be here. So, you know, away with the foolishness and stuff hadn't even really started yet. It's it's not an easy job. And if you're not up for the task, and if you feel like family's going to ruin your good name, you know, stay away. Don't don't even bother coming back. You know, stay on over there. And we want people that really want, um, really want to be here. If he's not up for the task and doesn't have the heart to uh, to stand through, you know, ta da da, t d d, bololo, or whatever. Bye bye. You know, uh, why he's back in there is absolutely absurd. And I think it's it it just. It speaks to the the lack of respect that we have for our own institution. You know, as much as we love, you know, look, you can't stand the heat, stay at the kitchen. You know, we need, fam, you need somebody in that seat that has uh, the kahunas to be confrontational when necessary and to be wise 
as a serpent, you know, to be able to go through and uh, maneuver. You know, that's part of what it means to be a rattler, to know when to strike, you know, to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. You know, uh, rattlesnakes don't always release their venom. They get what's called a dry bite, just to warn people, you know. But there's sometimes when it's necessary to release the venom. You know, and, and having the right person in that seat, you have to be able to navigate that, man. And um, we've got to give full attention. Yes, we're the number one public, public HBCU. I think that that's kudos. That's, that is a credit to Dr. Robinson. But at the same time, it's his failures that have us on the front page. It's his failures and his lack of wisdom concerning athletics that has him and our institution in, 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 in Roland Martin's mouth. It's his ineptitude that got him rebuked before the Board of Governors, you know. So we have to give attention to athletics, and we deserve, we need to do it well because we're talking about student-athletes. They are the commodity. We want to do right by them, and consequently, they'll do right by us. All right, I'm done. All right. Amen. Um, pre- appreciate it, man. Amen. Pre- appreciate those words uh, by both of you. So, all right, so let's get let's get into the SWAC roundup here. And uh, obviously, while FAMU got a good win against a non-conference, there was really only – I don't see, was there any conference? There was no no conference game per se. Um, but some interesting, some, some good wins, but mostly blowouts. Um, you had Mississippi Valley State getting shut out by Austin P. You had uh, Alabama State – getting blown out, um, going west to UCLA. Um, I wouldn't call Alabama A&M losing 38-17 a blowout. It's an improvement from the previous week's blowout. Alcorn State got blown out. That's probably the most surprising blowout to me. I, I, I don't know. Really? 52 to nothing. 52 to nothing? I mean, what? I mean, Alcorn had a very good game against the Stephen F. Austin the week before. I, yes, I know Tulane is a FBS, but I don't look at them as one of the even upper half uh, FCSs. I, I'd say they're what the What conference is Tulane half. in? Co- uh, well, American. American, right? American. Yeah. Yeah, AAC. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and the Texas Southern, 59, losing 59-27 to North Texas. Um Southern, of course, we expected them to get blown out, um, sixty-five to seventeen to LSU. Uh, Prairie View was probably that's another disappointing loss. Prairie View losing twenty-one to thirteen in a game that they probably should have won, could have won, um, and they looked well. Uh, so, so as you go around and you look at some of these scores, Kelvin, uh, whose performance, uh, good or bad, uh, surprised you, shocked you, um, so on and so forth. Gremlin State, forty-seven. Northwestern State, twenty-one. I was—I've been talking about the SWAC had to play these out-of-conference FCS games, and they have to win, start winning them. So kudos to Gremlin State. They not only won, but they actually blew Northwestern State out. So that's a—that you know—that that helps our conference as a whole, the image of our conference as a whole. Um, I'm disappointed that, you know, Prairie View couldn't pull it out, but at least they were competitive. Uh, Valley just got blown out by Austin P. 
you know, I'm not as concerned with the D1 games because it is what it is. I know our fans like to say, man, Tulane is this, and they not – hey, they budget still way bigger than our budget. They're a D1 program, man, and so more time than not, um, we're not going to win those games. And, 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 not, and, it ain't, and it ain't just talent and resources sometimes, right? They got additional staff. They got additional consultants. They got extra trainers. And, and 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 nutrition and all these things so so those things make a difference people i mean we you you you, you can dress up 63 players in, in uniforms on game day and have them train and you know and so forth but all those other things make a huge difference in being able to win winning costs money whether you like it or not it don't guarantee a win now as we saw with FBS this weekend and some of those upsets, but it does most of the time translate. So anyway, um, I, I was disappointed overall with Swag um, play. Uh, I was even disappointed with my 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 team. Right, we won. Albany State is a good team, so that that's you know they, they would probably beat some Swag teams to be honest. Um, however. I was more concerned, you know, how we played, right? I want to see us continue to get better. Um, we, we, we're nowhere near what we a finished product or what we can be. Um, so overall, uh, Bethune performance, uh, bad. Uh, I, I just thought they would be and wanted them to be more competitive with South Carolina State. That would have been really good for the conference image overall had they done that. Uh, but, you know, they – Turned the ball over and South Carolina State kind of ran it down their throat. So, uh, looked like another long season for Cookman, to be frankly. And they're probably looking for a coach. Um, maybe they usually don't fire their coaches before the season's over with. So, he'll probably get a chance to finish it. Interesting. Uh, thoughts, Kofi, uh, from, uh, from around the swag? Any, any games that uh, caught your attention? Uh, obviously Jackson State, Tennessee State. That was a good. That was a good game. Um, Tennessee State uh, stepped up defensively, and uh, you know they had their opportunities to actually uh, pull off the, the pull off the W. Um, so, but from a conference standpoint, it was good that Jackson State got it because if we are able to somehow run the table, uh, it will bode well. And boost our profile somewhat, but that fifty nine three is, whew, it's gonna be hard to overcome it. But one game at a time, we're gonna take it from there. Yeah, I, I like the fact you mentioned that uh, that performance by Jackson State further solidifies to me how good that defense is going to be, because what they did to Tennessee State was just a different level of dominance than what they did to us. I mean, after giving up uh, an opening drive field goal, they forced nine punts. I mean, nine consecutive punts did not allow them to get anywhere near a a, uh, a scoring opportunity uh, to even get a field goal attempt after that opening drive. And then they had something like nine sacks in the contest. So, I mean, the only reason that score is not what our score was is because at least Tennessee State's defense showed up and forced them into field goals uh, three possessions in the red zone, and I think they got some turnovers. So that's the only reason 
that that score was not similar to to what happened to us. And so now Jackson State has gone eight quarters without giving up a touchdown. Interesting matchup this week coming up against Grambling State, uh, to say the least. I uh, want to make mention of some statistical leaders individually for Florida A&M through uh, the first two, three weeks of the season. Isaiah Major is tied for leading tackles in amongst conference players with 20. And Darius Fagan is tied with uh, another player from Alcorn with 18. Uh, so those two of the leading tacklers in the conference. Now, of course, we've got three games under our belt. Uh, everyone else pretty much that's listed has two. Uh, so just kind of take that in consideration. Uh, receiving leaders and catches leader is Xavier Smith, 220 yards, uh, leading the conference and receiving yards. I believe his 22 catches. I'm just quickly here looking individually. Uh, his actual 22 catches leads the conference by about seven more than Shane Hooks, who uh, Jackson State's also played. Well, no, Jackson State's only played two games. So uh, it'll kind of even out. We'll see the statistics really kind of even out after this week since we have uh, a bye week and a lot of teams are are picking up games uh, this upcoming week. All right, looking ahead to week number three here. Within the conference, uh, of course, the big, the big matchup that uh, a lot of people's eyes are going to be on or at, in Jackson as uh, Grambling State in a in a non-conference conference game travels to take on Jackson State should be a sellout. Uh, that's a one o'clock ESPN three game. Uh, any any thoughts on that contest, fellas? That Grambling State. Uh, I don't know. Can they score? Can they get a win after getting Coach Hugh his first win of the season? I mean, Grambling, uh, anytime you show up to play, you obviously have an opportunity. Um, Jackson State is obviously legit. So Grambling has to play a mistake-free. Their their defense, I think, is capable of pushing and getting turnovers. But you got to find a way against Jackson State to score touchdowns. If you don't score touchdowns, you're not going to win the game. And um, it's, you know, the analysts are definitely making a difference, but Hugh Jackson has his own analysts. So this is going to be, I would like to see a chess match of some sort, um, but the difference is going to come down to QB play. Shadur is much more seasoned than the guy that Grambling has. Um, you know, I, I predict much of the same with Jackson State uh, coming out with the W. Uh, I just saw Edwin Moore in the chat in the uh feed just said Jackson State hasn't won in Jackson against Grambling since ninety nine. All of that stuff is just year. a bunch of foolishness. It don't matter. Yeah, it ain't it, got nothing to do with this stuff. All these I, intangible I love, things that people keep bringing I love up. You guys. I love you guys who I love you, those people who like to say, oh those trends don't matter. Yeah, okay. They don't. Okay. They don't. They don't. Okay. I mean, now Grambling, it's a rivalry, saying. right? Grambling's going to come yeah. out with a ton of energy because, and, and Jackson State's going to get everybody's best shot because everybody knows that right now that's the team to beat. People don't want to get blown out. But in the SWAT, you have to come ready to play every single week. If you don't, you will get beat. So 
Uh, Grambling's defense is legitimately good. It's just going to come down to Grambling's ability to score a touchdown. They score touchdowns, they have an opportunity. If they are able to run the ball, they have an opportunity. If they can maintain their physicality for four quarters, they're going to have an opportunity. What they cannot do is turn the ball over. And if they turn the ball over, it's going to be a wrap. And I'll right, just add so, to that, uh, yeah, Brian, please. I'll just add real quick that um, that particular game, I, I think South Carolina State has showed you the, the formula to, to beat uh, JSU. You got to be able to create turnovers, as, as, as Kobe said, and then you have to capitalize on those turnovers, right? You have to actually score touchdowns when you get those turnovers. <laughs> Uh, that is the formula to beating them, and, and you know, you know, it, it's going to take a, a, a yeoman's effort to beat Jackson in Jackson, their first home game of the season too. All right, bro, that's a tough order. We'll see. Uh, yeah, tough order. All right, I'm going to go through these other games. We got about five minutes here in this segment, gentlemen. So let's be quick. I'll be quick uh, with our comments here. Uh, Alabama A&M hosting their first home game of the season against Austin P. I believe Austin P. from out of the OVC. Uh, A&M predicted to be somewhere as a 17 and a half point underdog. Does uh, of course we see Alabama A&M the week after? What do you expect here? Quickly, Kelvin. Austin P. is going to win. I, I, Austin I, P. I, I won't. I, I, I want Alabama to show Alabama to show up with all those uh, five stars and four stars. Uh, they also P just what that was valid. They just beat four to one zero. So I'm with Kobe until uh, I see until yeah. I see until I see different. I'm also P gonna win. Okay. Um, now this is an actual SWAC West contest: Texas Southern against Southern at a neutral site in Arlington, Texas. Southern expected Southern to be a three-and-a-half-point favorite. What? Uh, three? Three-and-a-half. Three and Southern half. by 14 or 21. And does that – okay, if that happens, does that put uh, Coach uh, McKinney clearly on the hot seat? Uh, Absolutely. I hope so. Be. I mean, he's okay. not doing yeah. – they don't have a defense. And, uh, you know – Texas Southern doesn't really care. They care about football, but they don't care about football. Basketball is what they've invested in. Um, And here's why I say that. You know, they had a whole rivalry game against Prairie View. Against Prairie View, and the game wasn't sold out. Now, I know it was raining, right? But... Rain or shine, if FAMU plays Cookman in Tallahassee, it's going to be well over 40,000 people. Rain or shine. Texas Southern fans do not care about football. They don't. And even if they did care, uh, they still get, they still going to get whooped by double digits. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Double digits. I told you I won't uh, pick anybody no more. (laughs) <laughs> you didn't say that. You didn't say that. He's a good uh, you don't QB. need to comment on this He's a one. Good He's QB. a great QB. Yeah. He's a great QB, but, you know, but the rest do of his team is not very good. Correct. Yeah. All right. Um, you don't have to comment on UAPB traveling to Oklahoma State. They are a 49-and-a-half point underdog. This coming after beating somebody 76-3. to three. Uh, All right, UAPB, your, your season starts now. Uh, Mississippi Valley State is hosting Division II Delta State. 
I believe Delta State still is Division Two. They are a six and a half point underdog. Quickly, any any thoughts? Valley is zero and two on the season. Valley better win this game. Yeah, for for and the it's going to be a tough one. Yeah, for the conference, um, we need Valley to win this game. Um, you know, <laughs> I got I'm you. not I know, I know what you're saying. I know I'm what you're saying. I know what you're saying. But we need him to win. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Here, here's a couple of contests against some PWIs in the FCS. Important matchups. You talk about winning some games. Prairie View A&M hosting Incarnate Word. I believe Incarnate's out of the Southland. Incarnate. They keep are it moving. Ah, but okay. A&M Prairie yeah, View yeah. is an 11 and a half point dog at home. They can't throw the ball. Expected keep it moving. Next. Comment they can't word. throw the ball. Interesting. They can't throw. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, and Alcorn State travels to McNeese State, who I call the 13th member of the SWAC. I can't remember. I think they have won something like 14 or 15 consecutive games against SWAC opponents. It's Come on, like Alcorn. That. Alcorn. Yeah, now, we need game. Alcorn to win this game. We need Alcorn yeah, to pull need- through. We we need Alcorn to win this game. Converse love, Manny State going. But <laughs> yeah. please, I'm we telling you, the number is. Look, the num- I'm telling you, the number is like I'm gonna go find it. Uh, it. It's up there. It's like 14 or 15 in a row, and that's why I kind of we jokingly call them the 13th member of the SWAC because they they sort of own SWAC opponents over the last uh, decade or so. So, yeah, it's time for Alcorn to get a dub. All right, uh, all those games, uh, you can go see those game times on uh, swag.org. Uh, the Grambling State game, just to let you know, is a 1 p.m. game. And the HBO, or not HBO, the HBCU Go broadcast is the Texas Southern Southern University. That's at 4 p.m. Central, 5 Eastern. So uh, just to let people know, and I think all the other ones, maybe with the exception of Valley, you can pick up on ESPN. Uh, you can probably get YouTube for the Alabama A&M and Mississippi Valley State game. All right, let's take a break because coming out on the other side of the break, our head volleyball coach, Coach Gokhan Yilmaz, is joining us. We're going to talk to him about uh, the team's latest sweep in North Carolina and then get into their upcoming travels as the conference season is not, uh, the, co- the non-conference season is coming close to an end. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone. We'll be back in just a moment. This is Carlos Brown letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app available on Google Play and the Apple App Store.
five-star backyards, Yellowwood brand pressure-treated pine. If it doesn't have this yellow tag, you don't want it. Now you can live in Texas and not have a good red meat blend. Texas Cowboy Dust is designed for steak and other red meats. It's out to be my most popular spice blend, made with onions, peppers, ground mushrooms, pink salt, and other spices. Texas Cowboy Dust also goes great with chicken, pork, vegetables, and has a restaurant-quality sheen to gravies and sauces. It's like a loot machine. Vanilla smoked sea salt seasoning is for seafood. The tarragon and fennel bring out the natural sweetness in seafood. I also use it in rice dishes, on yams, asparagus, blueberry pancakes, and believe it or not, chocolate chip cookies. Vanilla smoked sea salt adds a salty and savory component to sweet dishes that create a symphony for the tongue. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working! I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. We are making the virtual HBCU experience available wherever you live through Stillman Online. We offer online degrees in business, criminal justice, psychology, and religion. Stillman also offers technology badges in cybersecurity and data analytics. You can participate in all student activities, fraternities and sororities, internships, graduation ceremonies, and much more. Apply for admission today at stillman.edu. Stillman College, where we prepare you for a different world. to the OMG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Kofi, and joining us right now, the head coach of our volleyball team, Coach Gokhan Yilmaz, live from uh, from an undisclosed location somewhere in the city of Mobile, Alabama. Uh, coach, how you doing? Very good. Thanks for having me. Uh, we're actually right outside of um, South Alabama's campus, just got done with practice. So I ran back to the hotel, uh, uh, so I'm uh, happy to be here with you. Yes, indeed. Uh, Lady Rattlers are playing in the uh, South Alabama tournament uh, Thursday and Friday. Uh, so for any Rattlers in that uh, South Alabama mobile area, uh, you'll get a chance to uh, go check out the team Thursday uh, at uh, noon central time against Ole Miss. Uh, and then on Friday, they've got two in the morning, 10 o'clock in the morning, Central Time against Eastern Kentucky. And then Friday, late afternoon, 5.30 Central Time against the host, uh, University of South Alabama. But before we get into that, let's talk about last weekend as uh, we finally got we finally got our first wins of the year. Uh, got a good, clean sweep out in North Carolina. Uh, Coach, what... Leading up to that, some tough competition in those seven previous matches. Um, you know, we seem to sort of find ourselves from the first up until that last one. What went right for us? What finally went right for us uh, in that North Carolina uh, series? 
Well, uh, we knew we would have a good team when we scheduled, and I always try to schedule in a way where we would challenge our team uh, before conference season starts, and also try to play um, some opponents that's similar to the NCAA tournament teams we might see if we happen to win the conference championship again. And uh, last year, we didn't compete uh, all that well against Florida in the NCAA tournament, so we thought we would challenge our team early on a little bit more. That's why we have more uh, Power 5 competition this year. But um, we didn't have our entire team together until uh, last weekend also for various reasons. And everybody was cleared last, uh, last week, last weekend. Actually, right before uh, the first match we played against Greensboro. Um, but it's not like we played bad matches. Uh, first seven, uh, our Florida State match was very competitive. It could have easily gone to four or five sets. We wouldn't know what would happen if we were able to win that set one. James Madison was a very competitive match at home. Same thing uh, with Austin P. Uh, Sam Houston State uh, first weekend. So uh, we were showing progress. Um, and uh, like I think one of you stated last week that the reason most of those sets being losses were the number of errors we committed. We were committing unusual number of high errors. So um, that was the difference maker last weekend. Uh, we kind of cleaned up our game a little bit. Um, and uh, just to give you an idea, the week after our home tournament, um, Nina Sharpton was selected uh, newcomer and the setter of the week in SWAC. And Brooke Hudson was selected defensive player of the week in SWAC. And for this week, we swept all the awards. Aja Jones won the newcomer um, of the week. Uh, Dominique Washington was the offense, uh, was the player of the week. Iram was the setter of the week, and Brooke Hudson won uh, the defensive player of the week this week. Back to back to doing what we do is sweeping those uh, sweeping those awards, Coach. That uh, congratulations on the win. Uh, go ahead, uh, Kelvin. So, so Coach, talk about the competition of in this tournament. Uh, tomorrow and Friday, you got Ole Miss Power Five. You got South Alabama, who's really pretty, you know, usually pretty competitive and good in their conference. Uh, so just talk about the three teams we, we were facing and what you expect um, and how, you know, what you expect from from them and, and your team now that you got the whole team together. Yeah, absolutely. Let me back it up for, to the last weekend. Uh, Elon was a very good team. Uh, Greensboro is always very competitive. I think we challenged them quite a bit with our serving. Uh, that's why that match ended in three. And we love playing uh, ANT. You know, they're a rival uh, from MIAC, and uh, we had the opportunity to go play them at their place. They're considering coming to our tournament next year. Hopefully, we'll be able to host them. Uh, this weekend, Ole Miss is very physical. It's a classic uh, Power 5 team. Uh, taller players, um, a re really good coaching staff. They played a really difficult schedule on their end. That's why their record is not um, at the positive right now. Uh, we'll have to serve and defend very well, and our offense needs to be um, in good shape. I think it showed a lot of uh, sparks this past weekend. Uh, South Alabama, again, uh, one of the coaching staffs we're good friends with. Uh, Jesse Ortiz is their new coach. Uh, did a great job, uh, won their conference last year, and uh, they're coming to our tournament next year as well. So we like playing home and away with them. Uh, they're bringing almost their entire team from last year, so they'll be very competitive. 
and Eastern Kentucky um, is, I think, seven and two at the moment. Uh, really big improvement with the new coach they hired. Uh, they're doing a lot of nice things. We're expecting all of these teams to push us and to present situations where we have to solve some of the puzzles and to get better over the weekend. And I think um, all three of them will present a lot of challenges, which we like. Kofi, go ahead. <clears throat> yeah, I like, Coach, that you're putting our team in positions where they have to compete. Um, about that whole floor management, because obviously you have uh, a certain amount of timeouts that you can call. Um, how do you develop that level of communication uh, on the floor where they're able to problem solve, as you just said? Uh, part of it is experience. As you see, we have a very experienced group, and um, part of it is having a lot of older players. The other part is having players that played in college level for extensive period of time. Every player on our roster has started for a college team uh, for a year or more. Um, uh, for example, Jada Taylor is playing behind Brooke Hudson right now as one of our defensive players. She's the preseason defensive player of the year in SWAC. So that brings a lot of experience in that sense. So they've been through some of these difficult situations or ups and downs during the sets and the momentum shifts. Um, the other part is how you train. We train a lot of situational uh, drills. Um, we do drills where they have to solve a problem to win points, uh, to be able to score from different um different parts of the net or uh, through different players or maybe with the same player a couple of times if we find a good matchup. So we try to create these situations and practices as well. Uh, but there's no replacing the matches. I mean, uh, they are the real deal. And uh, our goal is always to do well in the conference championship. And uh, it's a tournament. There is always going to be a situation where something goes wrong. And uh, it's our job as coaches to train our team in a way where we've been through some of those challenges and we've found ways to be successful. And uh, that's always our goal uh, leading up to, to the conference championship. Thank you, Coach. Uh, coach, with, with, with your roster finally coming together in its entirety now, um, my my question centers around, and, and I hate to say keeping everyone happy because you know that that is that's sort of like a good problem to have when you have a lot of talent. But how do you manage your roster when you have this much talent? And as you said, you have so many young ladies who have started, uh, you know, at different levels. I mean, you you've got several starters, so obviously somebody's got to come off the bench because only six can get on the court. At one time, what what's your philosophy? How are you sort of managing that process right now as you're gearing up towards the SWAT season? Well, uh, the first thing we do is uh, we watch a lot of video with our team and individually with the players, um, trying to show some of the things they do well. Also, some of the things other players in their positions do. So uh, that teaches them some of the expectations we have from everybody on that specific position. And the other part is uh, keeping numbers. We have very good numbers on everyone, including practice. 
uh, from jumps to hitting percentages to passing stats to serving. Um, I think that really motivates player to uh, competing first against themselves. They want to better what they did the day before and also trying to uh, beat the other players in their position. Um, and I think the last part is as a coach, as a head coach, uh, they know I'm going to be fair with them and they know I don't have a short leash where somebody makes a couple of mistakes. We're not going to pull them off the court. They're all very good players. Everybody plays through funks at times. Um, but we will also need different players in different situations because all of them have different strengths. Um, just to give you an example, uh, one of our right sides is better blocker than the rest of the right sides we have. So if we need more blocking in a specific match, that's a certain player we're going to choose. One of them can hit a certain uh, shot better than the others. So if that's the shot we want in that match, that's the player that we're going to go with. And uh, playing three matches um, in two days and also playing three matches in three days in conference tournament, you always need players to step up, either coming from the bench or playing in different days. And that happened to us last year. Uh, we had Jasmine Robinson give us 22 kills um, in the semifinal match against Pine Bluff. She was the bright spot on that match. And then in the finals game, Emerald Jacobs came in and was the star of that match and gave us the lift. So um, we're expecting same difficulties because everybody's scouting us, uh, but it's difficult to scout 12, 13, 14, 15 players compared to only scouting six. So I think it gives us that flexibility to um, throw different things that we work in practice and uh, put all of our players in positions they can be successful. Thank you, Coach. Go ahead, Kelvin. So, Coach, uh, before I get to my question, I want to piggyback off of your response to that and just ask how the young ladies taking to that coaching and to that approach. Like you said, they're a veteran squad. You know, they've been there, and, I'm, and, and I imagine they, they just want to win, but they're also competitive, and they want to play as much as possible. Um, how, are they, how are their attitudes how, – how's the team chemistry – at this point in the season with all the, all the different pieces coming together? Uh, knock on wood so far, it's been great. Um, everybody has been supportive of each other. Practices has been very high quality. And uh, what it gave us the option of resting our starters a little bit more in practices after we play. So the ones that didn't play much get more reps and that's uh, great for them. We have kids showing up during the day and getting extra reps on their own or help with the coaches. Uh, that's been really positive. That doesn't happen very often. And uh, this team has done a very good job with that so far. Um, so, so far, so good. And I think the bottom line here is everybody wants to be a champion on this team. And they all realize that we need each other to do that. So, um, you know, every link we have on this team is very important. And uh, we're trying to push everyone uh, to get better every time we step on the floor. Either we uh, practice, either we lift, or, or we play a match. Okay, and just one quick follow-up question. Um, have you had a chance to look at any of the uh, MIAT uh, programs yet? Um, I know uh, right now out of conference, everybody's playing kind of up in competition. Um, you, I think we lead the conference with three wins. There's a couple of teams with two wins. 
but just just in general, if you've seen some of the swag competition, what what how do you size it up right now? Uh, I'm watching them after uh, the matches are done every week. Um, not only one or two of them, uh, I watched everybody so far. Um, as you know, we were picked number one, but uh, Alabama State is bringing a lot of players back. They landed a couple of good transfers as well. Uh, same thing with Jackson State. Uh, Grambling State is doing uh, well. I think they have a couple of wins. Uh, we're expecting Pine Bluff to be good again. And uh, there is several other teams there that have a lot of younger kids. I think they will develop into very good players in the later part of the season. Uh, the level is better than last year, which is what we anticipated. That's why we put a lot of emphasis on recruiting kids and making um, each position on the court deeper than what we had last year um, and being able to uh, make our offense more diverse than it was last year. So I'm expecting it to be uh, a very challenging season, and that's honestly what we want. We want everybody in the conference to get better. We want everyone to get a lot of uh, out-of-conference wins. That helps conference RPI, and uh, that helps uh, the competition and also brings better players to the conference. And uh, ultimately, we want everyone, everyone to increase their level. And I think coaches are doing a good job in SWAG uh, with uh, bringing good players in and also training them at a high level. Kofi, go ahead, finish it off here with Coach. Hey, Coach, so talk about that tournament that we're going to host on uh, next year and, uh, you know, uh, in terms of the support and sponsors, um, how can we help to make that tournament uh, a real resounding success? Yeah, thanks for the question. We were talking about that in the department earlier today. Um, we uh, hosted, we actually co-hosted a tournament with FSU this year, and that didn't happen in uh, 2019, but we had that same idea in the past as well. Uh, But it's more like FSU's tournament. We pitch in with hosting some of the matches, uh, but we also wanted to run our own. And uh, when we committed to come to this tournament in South Alabama, uh, Jesse and I, South Alabama's coach, we agreed to do home and away. Uh, and um, when we went to North Carolina ANT, I was talking there, Coach Hal. Uh, he's open to, again, doing the same thing, keeping the connection with HBCUs, coming down and play us. Um, so that gives us two teams, and we're going to look for one more to make it a four-team tournament. Uh, we're at the stage of uh, figuring out which weekend does not have a football conflict. It looks like it's either the last uh, weekend in August, for next year, I think it's the 25th and 26th, or the second weekend is September. Um, first weekend in September, FSU um, is hosting the tournament. We're gonna be playing at home with them. Um, but in that second weekend, uh, there is a football game, but it doesn't sound like it's gonna be a high demand weekend. It's an FSU football game, but our team is away. Um, so it will either be the last weekend in August or the second weekend in September. Um, we are working on securing a sponsor hotel to name the tournament after them. And uh, besides that, it's just the community coming together and supporting us. Uh, and we discussed it in uh, your program before. We ultimately want to play in Gaither. We want to make Gaither home of uh, FAMU Volleyball. Uh, Calvin was one of the ones that had that idea initially. 
took charge with it and hopefully with the new administration will complete everything there. So I think getting the word out there that we have a good volleyball team like you've been doing, promoting that weekend and uh, filling that place. So um, we have a very competitive home tournament and that really helps our team. If we can be at home two of the four weekends before conference starts, that helps with everything. That helps with travel, that helps with uh, budget. Uh, it can really help us advance our program uh, even further. Thank you, Coach. And, and we've got to we got to find a way to to make sure every high school volleyball program in the area, within thirty minutes of campus, comes out. That's where you get your big time support from. Not only just the local FAMU fan base, but also get the volleyball community in town that that'll get out and support. And so that that'll be. That'll be big as well. So that that uh, you know that that's a little something to the to the marketers there, just to kind of say, hey, you know, throw in throw in something for those uh those high school and club volleyball programs that that you guys have up there in the Big Bend area, and uh, you know those kids will come in and make some noise. I know they will. So uh, that just just more added seats or uh, or people in the seats. Um, so coach, after uh, this weekend's tournament. Uh, the, 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 you're back in town on Sunday against UAB. Um, you know, they're, uh, I don't know who they're playing this weekend, but I know they're coming in on Sunday to Eastern. Do you allow yourself to look ahead at them or, or when does the preparation start for UAB? Well, UAB is coming in town to play FSU and us. So they're playing FSU on Saturday and uh, they're going to play us on Sunday. Uh, and we're lucky that South Alabama was able to move this tournament to Thursday, Friday. So it allows us to go back and play another home match. Uh, what we do in the beginning of every week, we look at all of the teams we play that week and we find some common things that they do and some of the things we can do um, to be successful against those teams. We work on that for the first couple of days. And now we go more into specific regarding each opponent. So uh, we have watched them. Uh, we know the style of play they have. They have a couple of very good players. Their libero is, I think, uh, one of the top liberos in the nation by numbers. And they have a very good outside, uh, can head out of system and in system, very high scoring player. And uh, they're a good Conference USA team. Uh, I think they're going to be a big challenge for us. But we're happy to bring these teams to Tallahassee, to play them on our home court. And uh, when you play at home, you always like your chances. It doesn't matter who you play. I think it's going to be really a fun match to play. But it also shows how far along we've come in a short time where we had very hard time finding home matches in the last four or five years. Uh, people didn't think it was worth for them to travel and play us in Tallahassee. Now, uh, we hosted a tournament with James Madison, Austin P, and Yale. That's three additional home matches this year. While we have UAB coming to play us, we also have UNF coming to play us in the midweek. So that gives us additional um, five matches at home, hopefully more next year. Uh, if we happen to make that tournament work, um, we want to play in front of our home crowd, fans, um, all the Rattlers that are in Tallahassee, uh, to play here as much as possible and uh, really make a home stand here, hopefully in Gaither, if not in Al Loss, and, and play more of those matches. Oh, coach. All right. Well, 
Yeah, definitely. So, Coach, um, hey, uh, get some get some rest tonight, and uh, you know, one one big game, one big game tomorrow against Ole Miss. Uh, we're gonna be tuned in to watch that, and then uh, we've got two on Friday. So, uh, we wish you and the team much success. Uh, give you the last word. Any any final thing? Anything we forgot to ask you, or anything you want to? Uh, promote or talk about before we let you uh, get some get some rest tonight. As always, I really appreciate your support. Um, you guys have been great covering our team, uh, paying attention to what's going on. Uh, I wish we had a better start to the season, but uh, we tell our team too, we can't do anything about the past. Uh, now all we have to worry about is what happens in the next 10 weeks and then the conference tournament. And hopefully we'll keep improving every week and every practice, and uh, we'll make you all and the Rattler Nation proud again. Let's go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey, we got you, Coach. We got you. You know, we we looking forward to uh, this uh, this weekend, this season, and uh, we're we're excited. So uh, uh, wish uh, wish the team all the best. You guys stay safe out there, and uh, good luck tomorrow. Get a dub. Take care of business. Since you guys since you guys booted Ole Miss out of the hotel, go beat them on the court too, Coach. We got you. <laughs> Thanks so much. I appreciate you all. All right, all Coach. Right. Take care. All right. That's Coach Gokhan, UMass. Hey, do you like the fact that Coach Coach watches the show? You heard him reference the stats. You, you, you heard him reference the stats, all the hard work I did getting stats. You heard oh, Coach reference it. Oh, yes, sir. The stats. Kobe, we in trouble. Right, y'all, y'all, y'all know. God, y'all be poo-pooing my stats like, B, why are you giving us all these stats? Nobody cares. Coach, look. See? Somebody was paying attention. <laughs> uh, okay, we got to go through picks. Picks contest right now. Now, I got to go. I honestly did not keep an official record of last week. So, uh, I have no Shame idea who, who did what. Yeah, I guess it's on me. So, I'm going to have to go back and watch the end of the show but uh here we go we got five games that's what we're picking five games straight up no points just wins and losses and uh we'll have an official tally after next week i i promise i'll go back and write all this stuff down all right so all right, game go. number one austin p travels to alabama a and austin p austin p austin p I so want to. This is one of those games. I want to pick AM, but no. I do too. Austin P. <laughs> okay. Okay. I won't be surprised if AM wins. I'd be like, God, dog it, I wish I would have picked them. Okay. Uh, number two, Incarnate Word at Prairie. Incarnate View. Word. Incarnate Word. I'm, I, I think you guys are crazy. I'm going Prairie View. I'm going Prairie View. I'm, I'm hey, at home. That play matters. It's not that they don't – okay, I, they have a strong rushing attack. That that was a winnable game last they week. If they win that game – okay, all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going Prairie View. That's that's all I'm going to say uh, Prairie View. Next. Uh, Alcorn State at McNeese State. I really want to pick Alcorn. <laughs> I really, really want to, but I'm not. McNeese. I was going to say, don't you have, like, family ties with Alcorn? Is that why you really want to? I do. My mom went to Alcorn, and I'm picking McNeese. All right. But I want Alcorn. Hey, if Andrew Bonner played for Alcorn, I might might pick Alcorn. But 
because I don't know their quarterback. I'm going I'm to keep saying this thing. I don't think they got a you know they quarterback can beat that caliber team. So I'm going. I'm going with the the the, the visiting team. The the thirteenth. So wait a minute. Who you going with? Alcorn? No, I'm not going with Alcorn. No, no, that's the visiting team. Well, the home team then. Oh, okay, the thirteenth member or thirteenth member of the slack. Yeah, uh, were you giving us yeah. a little bit of a uh, breaking news there? If Andrew Body goes to Alcorn, is that what you're hinting at? Potentially, Kelvin. No, is that I'm what sorry. That, don't put that on me. Okay, all right. I'm sorry. I just thought I might have heard something there. I, I uh, throw a nugget out there, but I wouldn't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, okay, so I'm sticking with Alcorn. I, I picked them to win the SWAT for games like this. Don't disappoint me, Alcorn. Please beat the 13th member so this streak can come to an end. All right, here we go. SWAT contest. I know who Kelvin's picking or not picking. Uh, it's Texas Southern versus Southern. Southern University. Kelvin, we, we know who you ain't got to say anything, Kelvin. You've already told us. <laughs> yeah, I got to go clean sweep, too. I, I got to go Southern. I I mean, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong, Texas Southern. <laughs> prove me wrong. Grambling at Jackson State. Home opener for Jackson State. J State. Battle of the Tigers. J State. J State. J State. Yeah, you got to go with the more dominating defense. Uh, will it? Will it be? And close, the quarterback. The question. Now, uh, I well, think Grambling. Yeah. For the record, I do think Grambling can win this game. You know, um, but how? How? Explain how? How? Well, they have to run the ball. They have to run the ball. They can't, they can't turn the ball over. They, they got to play good solid defense. The they got to be physical uh, and pressure Shadur. I agree with the you physicality think they part. can do that, huh? I agree. Physical Grambling can do it. Okay. I saw them last, that the last, you know, this last year. They beat Alabama A&L. Last right? year. Last year. I'm messing. Go ahead. Last year, they beat Alabama A&M, and they beat Southern University without a good head coach. Without without a, a real meal to eat, they had to eat Rice Krispies and Frosted Flakes. <laughs> Not a real meal to eat, <laughs> and Cinnabons. You, you just but this year they had full meals. This year they had full meals. They had to deal with Thick Thirty Six last year. She's not going to oh, be in Jackson. Lord, so she's going to be there. She just ain't going to be on the sideline. <laughs> right. So. The thing is, the thing is, I think Grambling, Grambling does have an opportunity to win this game. Um, if you know, but I'm not convinced that Grand. I haven't. I'm not convinced about Grambling's QB yet, and they're going to have to make plays and they're going to have to score touchdowns. So and that's what this is. All right. Um, you are. Who'd you say, Kelvin? Did you already give yours? We already no, said State. State. Moving on. Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm with Kobe. Uh, it's possible, okay. but uh, I'm going with J State. Okay, okay. Um, I, I'm going J- Jackson State as well. So uh, I, I, uh, I, I think they'll give up their first touchdown though of the season this week. Might not be until the second half though, but I think they'll give up their first touchdown though. Uh, final score prediction that I want from you guys, and then we're done. What will FAMU's volleyball record be over these next four games? Four games in five days, four games. What will the record be in this uh, four-game stretch? 
I'm going to say 4-0. and We expect greatness okay. on the highs of seven hills. Beat them all. Okay. All right, so I'm going to get my analyst answer, not my homer answer. <laughs> there you go. That's what I like. That's what I like. Two and two. And, <laughs> two, and two. two and two would be good. Three and okay. one is pop. Three and, three and one would be awesome. But two and two. I, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna say three and one. Looking at the looking at the metrics on these other, uh, actually all four teams, the highest rated team, despite the record, is Ole Miss, uh, who actually fall into a top 100 team. But the other three are all 200 or less. So I'm I'm gonna say three and one. And if we if if we work ourselves and get in steal against Ole Miss, hey, that'd be great. Right. Then I it'll be a four it'll be a four zero period. So I, I'm 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 saying at least three one, hopeful for four zero. Uh, all right, fellas. Well, uh, <clears throat> that'll do it for tonight's show. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, loaded show here. Uh, obviously, a lot to talk about, a lot to uh, digest. But um, feeling really good about it, and we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens over the next week. Uh, we have AD next week. That's I'm, that's I'm what we're predicting. Now. Now I'm predicting we have Jesus we're, we're calling it. Well, you, we won't say who. We're not going to say who. We just going to say. Are you predicting an AD? Are you predicting an AD next week, Kofi? By next Wednesday show. We need to. It's not that difficult, people. It's not that difficult. But Lord we, knows we they are making to. it difficult. So you're they, predicting they're making that it we difficult. will have. I'm. Yes. I'm gonna say no. I think they're gonna wait until after. Probably do it like on Thursday or something. The closer to the weekend, we'll the better. Probably like the Lord Friday news dump where they do it on Friday. Help like us, at 4 God. O'clock. Lord Jesus. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it. So we'll we'll see what happens over the course of the next week. Make sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Go download the Jericho Broadcast Networks app which you can find on the Google and Apple Play Store. Just search my JBN, my BCSN, and go download the BCSN Pod Zone everywhere you listen and download podcasts, iHeart, Google, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeart Radio. We're there. So please, please, please uh, go check out the podcast and then share it. Share, rate, subscribe to everywhere you're watching us. I know you guys, them boys, like AD predictions. Now, all, all we'll tell you is that two out of three says that we'll have an AD next Wednesday. We're not going to try to go and predict who it is because that's like rolling rolling dice right now. I have no idea who it's going to be. But uh, we'll all be surprised together if whoever it is, right? We'll all be surprised together. So uh, let's just say a prayer that uh, the right decision is made and that FAMU allows this person to be great. That's all I got. Thank you to producer Mel for hanging in and producing a great show tonight. Uh, for my boys, Kelvin, Kofi, he said, I got to go. Oh, there he is. No, uh, no, no. I am, I'm messing with you. I'm messing with no, you. No, you wasn't. I'm, you're trying I'm to get Brian Ful- I know. I'm Brian Fulford. Uh, Rattler Nation, no matter who they are, no matter what they say, just put these two fingers up and just tell them, hey, don't mess with us because we're going to strike. Up. Strike. Shout out Reggie and his wife.
You went by yourself? Yes, yeah. indeed. Shout out to Reggie yeah. and his wife who came up and uh, showed us some love at the uh, at the game. Uh, I know it was raining, so we didn't ch- we didn't get a chance to say hey to too many people. But hopefully, Alabama A and M, we will. Alabama A and M, we're gonna try to do a meet and greet somewhere. I don't know where, but somewhere. All right. So uh, that's gonna do it for the show, Rattler Nation. Be safe. Be smart. Peace out. All right. <laughs> spinning wheels. Spinning wheels. Oh, my God.